Ephesians 6.10 says, in the Amplified, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Amen. Draw your strength from him. That strength which his boundless might provides. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy armed soldier, which God supplies. That you may be able successfully to stand against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Well, we know uh, from last week that truth always counters deception. Okay? We looked at the belt of truth last week. We'll talk about that just for a moment. But notice with me in verse 13, it says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. So standing is our responsibility. But being strong in the Lord is certainly our responsibility, but he supplies the strength. Okay? And so, take unto the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand the evil day, having not done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, Father, we thank you for this word that we are receiving. We pray that you'd give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. In the name of Jesus, amen. So stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Now, I read this last week, and I'll read it again. Lay lay the Bible or your loin belt of truth aside, and in time, you'll begin to lose your sense of righteousness. Lay the loin belt of truth aside, and you will slowly begin to lose your sense of peace. Lay the loin belt of truth down, and you will feel the joy of your salvation begin to deplete. So we cannot function in this life without the Word of God. Now remember last week we looked at several scriptures concerning the truth. We looked at the uh, absolute importance of the Word. We looked at scriptures like Matthew 4, 4, Man not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We looked at John 17, 17, where Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. We looked at John 15, 7, which says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. I love this one verse of Scripture. You don't need to look at it. Proverbs 23, 23, and the voice says, Invest in truth, sock it away. Never cash in wisdom, guidance, or insight. So, the loin belt of truth is the word of God. And like Dad Hagen said, when Paul was writing that, he was looking up at that Roman soldier, and he would glean these spiritual analogies from looking at that Roman soldier while he was in prison in Rome. And so this girt of truth, this loin belt of truth, would be kind of like a utility belt that a person that... Uh, works uh, out in the marketplace, works on homes and works on various things. That um, utility belt could hold his hammer or hold other tools and so on and so forth. Well, so it is the same. This loin belt of truth would hold up the rest of the armor. Amen. The breastplate would rest upon the loin of truth. It would hold up the rest of the armor. And how many of you know that God's word will hold your life up? So put on truth, 
Now, why is it important to put on truth? And why is it important to know the truth? Because we're in a spiritual battle. The fight is fixed. We win. But we've got to still show up with our loins girt about with truth. We still need to show up with our sword sharp, our shield of faith ready to deflect all the fiery darts of the flaming missiles of the wicked one. But now notice, we put on truth. Why? Because lies will come. Fiery darts will come. We are not to be ignorant of Satan's schemes or his strategies. And so oftentimes the enemy comes with half-truths. Just like he came to Jesus in the wilderness and tempted him. But we know that Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is also written. And he put the devil on the run. What if Jesus had not known what was written? It's great for, for Brother George over there to know what is written. It's great, praise God, for Brother Steve to know what is written. But we need to know what is written for ourselves. Why? So that we can impress others? No, so that we can be ready to use it against the enemy when he comes with all his lies. He is a liar, but the truth trumps his lies. And the truth sets us free. So the truth then is, desi is designed to deflect the lies of the enemy. It also protects us from false doctrine. It also protects us from what is not true. So this loin belt of truth is exceedingly important. Now, let's move on to the breastplate. Everyone say the breastplate, the breastplate. of righteousness. Now, I'm going to quote just for a moment here from Rick Renner's book. He did a great teaching along the lines of the armor of God. Rick pastors a church in Moscow. He's a very studious brother in the Lord, knows a lot about the Greek and the Hebrew. He's a really, really ardent student of the Word of God. But most of all, he's filled with the Spirit of God and he is anointed. And so he said in his book that the breastplate was the most beautiful, shiniest, most glamorous piece of weaponry that the Roman soldier possessed. He said the first thing you would notice when looking at a Roman soldier was his beautiful breastplate. The breastplate began at the, at the top of his neck and went all the way down to the knees. It was composed of two different pieces of metal. He said one piece of metal went down the front and the other went down the back. And they were held together by solid brass rings on top of the shoulders. He said quite often the larger sheets of metal that were covered the front and the back of the man were comprised of smaller scale-like pieces of metal similar to the scales of a fish. This was the heaviest piece of weaponry that the Roman soldier wore. At times it weighed in excess of 40 pounds. Some breastplates reportedly weighed up to 75 pounds or more. Remember that Goliath's breastplate weighed approximately 125 pounds. So this is a very important piece of the Roman soldier's uh, armor. And it's an extremely important part of our armor as children of the Most High God. Look with me, and we'll slow down a little bit now. Look with me at 2 Corinthians. And notice with me in chapter 6. And in verse 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 7. 
Okay, so we see it on the screen there. Notice with me, he says, by the word of truth, that's the word, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness, on the right hand and on the left. Notice that phrase. The armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. When I saw that, I like to say this. I am encompassed by righteousness. You are encompassed by righteousness. Say that with me real strong. I am encompassed by righteousness. Now let's, let's define what righteousness is. For some of you, this is seed that's been watered, being watered in your life. For some of you, this may be brand new. But let's define what righteousness is. Righteousness means the ability to stand in the presence of a holy God without a sense of sin, guilt, or inferiority as if sin never existed before. Say it again. Righteousness means the ability for you and me to stand in the presence of a holy God without a sense of sin, guilt, or inferiority as if sin never existed before. Hallelujah. And it is with the heart that man believeth unto righteousness and it is with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. So rather than, you know, just hurrying through another message, let's take our time and let these scriptures kind of soak in us. This is kind of like a Bible study on Wednesday night. So if this takes me two weeks to cover the breastplate, so be it. If it takes me four weeks, so be it. Praise God, we're not in a hurry, right? So let's, let's take some time to, to let these scriptures uh, get in our spirits. I want you to look at Romans chapter 3. And we're going to begin in verse 21. And look through verse 26. Now I want to read out of the New Living Translation, the NLT. The New Living Translation. Love the way that the NLT says some things. Wonderful translation. So Romans 3, verse 21. But now, has, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long time ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. How are we made right with God? By placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And it goes on to say, and this is true, I love this, for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done. It's no longer a question of who you were, it's now who you are. No matter who you are. Verse 23. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. 
He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Verse 25, and I want you to read that with me if you can see it. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in time past. And verse 26. For he was looking ahead, including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Now that's another great definition for righteousness, right in his sight. Sometimes I have you say it so that it can penetrate into your heart. Say this with me. I've been made right, been made right. In, his sight, in His sight by faith in the blood, by faith in Jesus, and what He has accomplished for me. Now, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Notice this in verse 21. 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, and the 21st verse. And we'll just look at the first part of this verse for the sake of what I'm about to say. 2 Corinthians 5.21a For he, that's God, made him, that's Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin. How many of you believe that the first part of this verse is true? How many believe it? Well, if the first part of the verse is true, the second part of the verse must also be true. Because God doesn't lie. Read the rest of it with me. That we might become the righteousness... Let's say it again. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. You were made righteous. Just like I was made a male and Brenda was made a female, you were made righteous. Now, Reuben, let me ask you, are you a male or a female? How do you know that? You are born that way. You may not feel righteous. You may not look righteous. You may not smell righteous. But you have been made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus took your sinful condition so that you could receive his righteous condition. Woods translation and we don't have that so let me just read it to you. It says think of it. Christ the sinless was made the personification of sin for you. 
in order that in union with him we might become the very righteousness of God in Christ. Now, how many of you have ever flown on an airplane before? Okay. So we know that on airplanes, they have economy, right? And uh, for some flights now, they even have economy plus. And I always like that little extra leg space. How about you? And then, and then um, on international flights, and, and some flights within the United States, they'll have business and first class. Okay? Most flights, you know, it's either economy, economy plus, and then first class. But in some airliners, they have economy, economy plus, business, and then first class. First class. Now, let me ask you a question. If you could ride for free, which one would you want to fly in? Can I ask that again? <laughs> what level would you like to fly to New York City in? What level would you like to fly to London in? Philippines? First class. First class is the best class. You know, some of us think in the body of Christ that there are different classes of righteousness. Like the seatings on an airplane. You know, some people think, well, I'm just economy class righteousness. And others think, well, you know, I'm living pretty good. I'm, I'm business class righteousness. And then others think, well, there's, there's others that are super duper Christians and, and they're first class righteousness. How many of you know that that is absolute nonsense? There's no, no such a thing as economy, business, class righteousness. Jesus became your righteousness. And we've all been raised up by the all-righteous one. And in the eyes of God, you and I are first-class righteousness. You can't get any more first class than being in Him and being raised up together with Him. And come on, seated? Jesus isn't seated way back in economy. <laughs> I'm seated together with Him. Man, I think we ought to just get happy for a moment. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Ha <laughs> ha, glory to God. Woo, glory to God. No more clouds of condemnation for me. No more days of oppression for you. Our days of condemnation. Our days of guilt. Our days with our shoulders shrugged down and our head down to the ground. Those days are over. For he has made you the head and not the tail. He has made you above only and not beneath. So rise up in your thinking and rise up in your words and begin to say what I said about you. And it won't be long before it seems as if you're a brand new person. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Because you are a brand new person. Amen. And I heard the choir go, Amen. Amen. 
Glory, hallelujah. Amen. Oh, yeah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen, Lord. He didn't deserve to be made sin, but he was made sin in our place. We didn't deserve to be made righteous, but we were made righteous because we received his righteousness. What good news is that? What amazing grace is that? We sang about it tonight, didn't we? So then, a God-given righteousness rightfully belongs to me. So then, a revelation of this righteousness is a revelation of truth. Is that right? And so... Some of the key areas, some of the key darts that the enemy tries to throw at us and does throw at us is we're just not worthy, right? We're not acceptable. Or how about this? We're not good enough. That's why we've got to put on righteousness and awake to righteousness and feed on what we're feeding on tonight Otherwise, we'll lose our sense of righteousness, and then that makes us vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. Okay? What will protect you and me from killer condemnation? What will free us from guilt that would gut us? It is developing a righteousness consciousness. Now, I got born again back in the 70s, And I heard these truths for a number of years. And it took me a while for this to get down in my heart. It took a while for this to get down in my heart. And uh, so I didn't get frustrated with myself. I knew it was true. But it was more up here than it was down here. But through through the process of meditation... Through the process of thinking about it, through the process of reading it, and through the process of speaking it as a part of my daily life, through that process, I came to a point where that which was here got down here. And when the truth gets down here, it doesn't matter what fiery dart comes your way. Because on the inside of you, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth will begin to say what God's word has to say. It becomes a part of your spiritual DNA where you absolutely have the armor of righteousness on the right and on the left. And it is keeping you protected. Amen. Now, if I stop, I'm, I'll be 65 years old. I'm just a little younger than Brother George. Not much, just a little younger. But you know, I don't feel 65. <laughs> George doesn't feel the, you know, the age he is. 
there's something that takes place in born-again believers' lives. I mean, when they really, really, really are serious about this word, this word quickens you. I'm telling you, this word will make you sharp. It will increase your intellect. The Zoic God kind of life on the inside of you will impact your entire being. Hallelujah. You talk about being optimistic? Really what it is, is we have, and you and I have, what the Bible calls the spirit of faith. It's the spirit of faith. This spirit of faith overrides the spirit of fear. This spirit of faith overcomes the I can'ts and I never. This spirit of faith will keep a smile on your face when seemingly the world around you may be crumbling. This spirit of faith will keep a praise in your heart and thanksgiving in your mouth when all around you are grumbling and mumbling. Yea, rise up. Rise up with the spirit of faith and the spirit of God shall quicken you and he'll keep you young in your mind and he'll even quicken your mortal body. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. There is nothing impossible for those who have right standing with him. Hallelujah. Nothing's impossible. Praise God. Let's just praise him for a moment. Glory to God. Ooh, my, my, my. Masokoleme. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. All that is in me. Bless. Oh, my. Those with the spirit of faith say, my best days are here. My best days are here. Oh, and my future is so bright. Because I'm walking in the word and I'm walking in the light. And he's given me wisdom every day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so then it... it Really, 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 um, how can I say it? It really uh, is beneficial to keep yourself encouraged in the Lord. Don't you think? It's beneficial to stay prayed up. Beneficial to stay praised up. Beneficial to stay worded up. So then develop a righteousness consciousness. Look at Isaiah 32. Isaiah, the 32nd chapter in the... 17th verse. This righteousness will work in you. It will not only affect you in one area. This awareness and this revelation of your right standing with God will work in you. It'll do a work in you. It'll do a number on you. 
It'll do a number in you. Look at this, Isaiah 32, 17. It says, and the work of righteousness shall be what? Peace. So it'll work peace in your life. Mm -hmm. And the effect of righteousness shall be quietness. And what, what else? Sure. Quietness and assurance. How many of you like it just quiet sometimes? You know, sometimes my wheels get moving pretty quick. Brenda can tell you that, and Jane can sure tell you that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's times where I just have to say, okay, Mark, that's it. Turn this off. Be still. Be still, yeah. Be still. Don't say anything. Shut thy mouth. <laughs> You've drank about 16 too, ounces too much of coffee today. <laughs> but this, this effect, here's what I want you to see. The, this effect of righteousness, this work that righteousness will do in our lives is peace. Not worried about nothing. And it will have an impact in our lives to such a degree that we'll be able to be quiet in his presence, be still, know that he's God, and assurance. assurance. How many of you like that song, Blessed Assurance? Yeah. Man, you know what? When you just know you got right standing with God, and you're right in your heart with God, and you're doing your best to live right before the Lord, man, it just gives you confidence. Yeah. It gives you assurance. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So let's go just a little bit further tonight. Listen to this. Here's another statement from Rick's book. A believer knows that God has made him righteous when he or she has the breastplate of righteousness fixed firmly in place. It doesn't matter how many arrows the enemy shoots against that believer because not one arrow will penetrate. Not, word of, not one word of condemnation, not one allegation, nor guilt will come your way when you're walking in the breastplate of righteousness. Hallelujah. Now let's look at Proverbs 28 verse 1. How many of you are cold tonight? Raise your hand. You're cold, you're good, you're fine. Some are cold, some are warm, some are not. Some are hot. Okay. You may want to adjust it, Joe, a little bit. We're almost done anyway. Proverbs 28 verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm being quickened while I'm preaching to you. God's doing a work in me right while I'm preaching. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 28.1. Let's read this one together, okay? The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous... What are the righteous? Say it with me, I'm in right standing with God. And I am bold as a lion. Now let's couple that scripture with Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the 16th verse. Let us therefore come timidly. 
Let us therefore come fearfully. Let us therefore come with a bunch of false religious humility. Oh Lord, I'm not worthy. Oh Lord, I'm not worthy. The Lord might be too busy for me. That's false humility. Let us therefore come boldly. What kind of throne does God have? He doesn't have a throne of condemnation, does he? No, thank God. Let's come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to what? I just saw something. Grace to help. Grace to help. Grace to help. We got the helper who lives on the inside of us and we're filled with grace and truth. So we've got grace to help. You run into a tough spot, just call on the grace to help. Thank you for grace to help. Man, that's a powerful truth right there. Standing grace. Grace to help. True boldness does not involve arrogance or disrespect in any way, but it does exhibit a holy confidence and assurance. Now notice with me in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22. It doesn't say come arrogantly to the throne of grace. Come boldly. Come boldly. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 10:22. Read it with me. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So what this says to us tonight is that the blood of Jesus cleanses your heart from an evil or guilty conscience. Anybody ever heard of a guy by the name of Smith Wigglesworth? Here's what Smith said. Listen to this quote. He said, there's not one thing in me that the blood does not cleanse. Whoo, glory. Man, there's not one thing in you that the blood does not cleanse. He furthermore says this, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, never brings condemnation. He always reveals the blood of Christ. And I love this. He is the lifting power of the church. He's the lifting power of the church. And then he goes on to say, the blood. It can reach into the secret recesses of your motives and purposes and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, all iniquity, all sin, all shame, and all guilt. Glory to God. And I'll close with this illustration. Person said many years ago, you know, if I could just be righteous, I could then be a whiz at prayer. I could really, I could really get some prayers answered if I could just be righteous. Did you know that the Bible does say? That the effectual, heartfelt, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much? 
It says it makes tremendous power available. And it's dynamic in its working. And so this person struggled with whether they were righteous or not. But there came a day where the lights came on. And the revelation came that he was the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And he became a whiz at prayer. (laughs) He became a whiz at prayer. And I'm just saying that to say this. You know, the way I grew up, man, I was so afraid of God. I was so fearful of God. I mean, I'd have to go in this little booth and confess my sins. And sometimes a booth would shake. I thought God was in there and he was mad at me. I'd go to church and I'd look at those saints up there. None of them had a smile on their face. Those guys were mad. They were upset at me. I wasn't taught that I could go to the Father in the name of Jesus. I was taught that I had to go to the natural Father to go to Jesus. And I love the Catholics, and I know there's been a lot of changes. Thank God for the Catholics that are born again. But, you know, I grew up in Omni Patris Spiritu Santi, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I grew up, oh, my hip is giving me a problem here. I grew up in kind of a, don't call me Chester, call me heels. Sometimes I get on a treadmill and I put it all the way up to 15 and I walk and it might be a little bit too old for that. Anyway, he quickens my mortal body. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mr. Dillon, Mr. Dillon. (laughs) But I was afraid. I could not pray effectively. My prayer was ritualism. Well, thank God when I got born again, I discovered that I had a hotline to heaven. All I had to do was call upon the name of the Lord and I'd be saved. All I had to do was call upon my Father in the name of Jesus. And his ears were open to my prayers and his eyes were open to our life. And he's open to you. Don't let anything pull you away from him don't pull back in fear but draw near in faith amen did you get anything out of it tonight